0: What Sam Howell has done to earn the confidence of at least some members of the Washington Commanders beat that and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders.
1: Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into today's episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts and you can continue the conversation with me over on subtext at jointsubtext.com slash On Commanders, where you can go one on one with me, your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at harrison 82 credential member of the media and Washington Commanders beat reporter for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation here with you every Monday through Friday, along with the Dares, And I appreciate your continued support for the show if you are at every day or on today's episode of Lots on commanders we're going to talk to sam Fortier of the washington post get his take on quarterback sam howell the offensive line some defensive things and why there is a sign of new things to come with the new washington commanders ownership firmly in place and then we're going to hear from some commanders players earlier in training camp no practice on thursday so i've got some interviews from before uh thursday some earlier from this week in training camp that i will share with you as well all that's coming up next but Let's hear first from Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. All right, guys, joined today on the Locked On Commanders podcast by Sam Fortier, Commanders beat reporter for the Washington Post on Twitter at Sam4TR. And Sam, uh, thanks for, for joining me on your day off. I mean, you know, training camp is a grind for reporters, not just like it is for players, but it's still a grind for reporters, right? So I appreciate you taking some time on your, uh, your free Thursday to talk to, to my audience for us. And I do a Sam Howell watch segment on every training camp episode. uh, when I am out of practice and that's gotten pretty popular here. So I'm not the only one watching Sam Howell, right? Um, Some people might be surprised to find out that all the reporters are watching Sam Howell. So I want to get your Howell watch update as we get through the middle part here of, uh, well, towards the end of part Mm -hmm. of training camp. Um, What are your just overall thoughts of Sam Howell and, and maybe even what you expected coming into even OTAs to this point in training camp?
2: The boring answer to this is basically Sam Howell is what we thought he was so far. There are really impressive physical plays where he's rolling out. I think particularly to his left, it impresses me how he can put the zip on the ball. Kendall Fuller had a great quote the other day just about how Sam has impressed him and be able to fitting fitting balls into tight windows, plays where he normally could be patient as a, as a super cerebral patient corner. Kendall's used to waiting back a little bit, and I think he's realized that Sam's arm strength suggests that he can't do that. But I think the the more the, the looking forward answer is, he's honestly been better than I thought, especially in the joint practices and the debut against Cleveland. Um, I think he's he's mentally a little further ahead than than I expected, particularly with the quick game stuff. I think you see that a ton, and the ball placement could still get better. But him getting the ball out of his hands, particularly against Cleveland, particularly on the first day in Baltimore, like he is getting it to his playmakers, creating opportunities for yards after the catch. And just doing a lot of the things I think Eric Bieniemy and in this offensive line will require. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to get the hype train started too much. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, uh, yeah. I don't want to honk too loud or, or choo choo too loud or whatever verb a train uses. Um, but I would say that like, I've been, I've been suitably impressed.
0: No, yeah. no, absolutely. Listen, my, my, my listeners know this. I'm, I'm an off season hype guy. And I think, you know, prior to my time covering the Commanders, you know, and I still do it a little bit. I covered the Buccaneers. And I mean, that's like that's a franchise where you got to get excited for the offseason because you <laughs> really don't have a lot of time to get excited during the regular season. So I'm all about the off season hype, you know, just like you contextualize practice, training camp, preseason. That's that part is important. But what would you say if you had to isolate one thing? You mentioned a lot of really good things there. Um, what would you say is his biggest strength if you had to isolate just one characteristic of Sam Howell's play so far?
2: The mobility, and I, and I want to go back and qualify my previous answer and say that doesn't mean he does not have bad moments. Like we saw in Baltimore there right. are times when he's late on reads, he airmails, you know, certain things that, that you you know expect to see from a guy who – is kind of in his position. But if I had to isolate the one strength, it would probably be the mobility because I do still think that's the thing that allows him to raise the floor of this offense quite a bit because last year, you know, especially with Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke, like those guys lacked certain things that you need whether it's mobility, whether it's arm strength, like they didn't have, A a high physical floor, and so for me, you know, it shows up on that third and six against Cleveland, where he scrambles for the first down, or the fourth and three, where he rolls, he feels pressure, he rolls out of the pocket, and he finds Cole Turner across the middle. Those are really good examples of like what his mobility will allow him to do, and it it means that Eric Bieniemy, who is a first-year play caller, and we don't know how good he's going to be in rhythm and and responding to what the defense is doing and, and how his offense is playing on that day. Like Sam Howell will allow for some flexibility because. You know, I wrote a big story about the offensive line earlier this week, and I think that that is going to put a lot of pressure on both B. enemy and Howell to mm-hmm. really have a high threshold of of not being perfect, but you know, really having to elevate their games. I think Sam Howell's mobility is going to really help them out a lot in that regard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really interesting what you just kind of said. Like, I don't, I don't think that a lot of people. Are realizing how much Sam Howell's ability to improvise and extend plays can actually help Eric me a little bit, like you said, as a first-year play caller. Whether you know whether you believe Andy Reid said sometimes it was him, sometimes it, whatever the, the the case was. This is EB's first year, total control of the play calling, and yeah, I think that elusiveness and that ability to extend plays does it. EB doesn't dial up the right, the perfect play maybe Sam can make something happen with that a I think that's really a really good point by you. Now let's flip that to the other side of the coin. Obviously, where do you want to see him or where do you think he needs to improve the most, whether it's by the end of camp or just in general as a quarterback?
2: Wow, David, you teed me up perfectly. Cause I was going to say, I think that the mobility while it raises the floor, I do still think it it poses a, a really great amount of risk. And, I don't know if you know, David, but apparently Sam Howell was going to be the number one pick at some point, or he had the, the buzz that he could have been the yeah. number one pick. I don't know if anyone's mentioned that to you. Um,
0: <laughs> Every time you play Madden, they mentioned Sam Howell was going to be a number one overall pick yeah. at one point.
2: I mean, so here's the thing about the mobility. Here's the thing about his propensity to want to extend and make plays. The dude took a lot of sacks in college, like yeah. a lot of sacks. Him and Malik Willis in that draft class, both had big red alarm bells for how often they would take sacks. And I know some people might, you know, might uh, knee jerk reaction to this, but like sacks, the data suggests are a quarterback stat to a great extent, like quarterbacks mm-hmm. really determine um, how often they're sacked. That's obviously not true 100% of the time, but over a large enough sample size, that is true. So people say that Justin Fields is a sack problem, right? Well, if you go back and look at it, Sam had, had worked, you know, a worse problem in college and. If you go back and look at his best year at North Carolina, his sack rate of 8.1% in 2019 when he was a freshman mm. would have been the fifth highest in the NFL last year. So as great as his mobility is, like th- there is a major risk because sacks kill drives, as everybody knows. The thing that actually impressed me most about the the Cleveland preseason opener was the play where they were backed up on, on first mm-hmm. down. He feels the pressure coming inside. You know, it's, yep. it's basically the same rush that Wiley has the hold on, but he gets out of the pocket and he throws it away. And that's not something I think you would have seen Sam Howell do at North Carolina a ton. So mm-hmm. that's the sort of play where it gives me hope like, hey, he's going to be able to tamp down whatever impulse he has to make that play. And he's going to be smart and he's going to have a little bit of veteran savvy to him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, great point. And uh, it's been pointed out. I mean, I think I know Zach Selby, I mean, the commander's own team reporter, I even pointed out on social media that the sack, uh, the, not, not the safety hold penalty, which wasn't sacked, but the actual sack against Cleveland Browns was more on Sam Howell than it was the offensive line. And I've had some listeners and viewers and I think some people kind of are split on this conversation. But if Sam can get the ball out quicker, uh, then that that Andrew Wiley hold in the end zone doesn't happen, and maybe that's not a safety. I, th- I still venture to say that's kind of on a – that's a that's a collective penalty uh, in that play than anything else. Now, I got asked on the Commanders podcast Wednesday night about whether or not the media believes the quarterback competition between Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett is real. I gave my answer, so I want to know your answer now. If not, if it's not real, why is Coach Rivera hesitant to name Sam Howell starter for week one in your speculation?
2: I think that, like – it's not a real competition in the sense that Mm. it's Sam Howell's job to lose. And I think he would have to really fumble the bag for, (laughs) for Ron Rivera to go in a different direction. Um, Like really fumble it, like, like be clearly the worst quarterback because there's a lot of things that I think you can say here, but like Jacoby's a a pretty well-defined veteran with a high floor and a a modest ceiling. Sam just has so so much higher upside. He's younger. He's got the, the more mobility. And if you're Ron Rivera, like, it's much easier to sell the new regime that you're building something sustainable. If you have a young quarterback at the, at, at the head of it instead of a, a journeyman veteran. Um, yeah. but I think, I think he, he's probably saying that because like, you know, either he doesn't want to commit in the media or like they haven't officially named it with Eric Bienemy and Tavita no. Pritchard, but the quarterbacks coach, I mean, like communication is really the only thing that I can think because everyone knows, I mean, the players talk about Sam, like they know he's QB one, but like, you know, Ron Rivera has miscommunicated things before, notably quarterback last season, his Eric B comments mm-hmm. earlier this camp. Like that is I think that or I haven't communicated to EB and Tavita yet that that's the way we're going to go. And we're going to say that publicly is like the only reason for this, because it's just it's never been a real competition. It's never been a 50 50 competition from jump and everyone knows it.
0: Yeah. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by Nutraful. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair, no drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician formulated natural science backed ingredients their drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair health wellness quiz. Identify causes of your thinning hair and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time, Neutralfold is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to neutralfold.com slash men and enter the promo code locked on NFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend neutralfold for healthier hair. Neutralfold.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men. Enter promo code locked on NFL. That's neutralfold.com slash men, promo code locked on NFL.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders listen. Today day and every day and of course every day thank you again for coming through the show like you do on such a consistent basis a lot of growth during the off offseason preseason especially during training camp uh, of the show and i greatly appreciate all of you for supporting the program and for communicating just like you do especially on subtext got another new subtext subtexter i'm gonna wait and shout out that new subtexter for practice on uh friday because uh, it's a bigger audience usually post practice so i want to make sure that, that person gets their shout out uh, in front of a bigger audience, I don't know, call me crazy. Uh, but if you want to join the subtext fund, join subtext.com slash lockdown commanders, uh, is where you go to sign up. And then from that point on, you text me, I text you, we have a good time. We talk during practice, we'll of course talk during games. Preseason game Monday nights, uh, I will be coming through. I will probably have a specific uh, hashtag or word that you have to use to get those texts just because it is so late. I mean, I'm going to be up till two three in the morning working and then i gotta drive home so i don't want to be texting people at two o'clock in the morning eastern time uh if if you if you don't want to get those texts so it's really cool a really fun experience it has been a great experience for me i hope you that uh, all the commander subtexters out there are enjoying it as well as well i hope you're enjoying our talk with sam 48 let's continue that right now sam 48 commanders beat reporter for the washington post joining us today on twitter at sam 4tr we're talking about the other sam sam howell one of the there's Sam, that's kind of a running joke in Ashburn. There are a lot of Sams running around uh, the Burgundy and Gold organization. So uh, talking about Sam, how a lot of good things there. And, and yeah, I agree with you completely on your take with, with this quarterback competition. Uh, I think everybody is pretty much on the same page, at least anybody who's uh, been paying close attention during the offseason and preseason. Now, I do want to talk defense, uh, but of course we have to talk offensive line, right? We've got to talk about that. You talked about, you You wrote up uh, a thing for the Washington Post, talking about how much pressure the O-line is going to put on Howell and E.B., as play callers, but what are what are your thoughts as as that for on that unit as a whole? Um, are they going to be ready, you think, to to give Sam Howell and E B the type of offensive line play they need before the, the beginning of the regular season?
2: If you think about the three things that torpedoed this offense last year, it was quarterback, coordinator, and line. And they mm-hmm. made bets on all three of those, ranging from pretty modest to massive bets. Uh yeah. with, with coordinator they went out and got a shining star in Eric Bieniemy. At quarterback, they got a high floor fail safe in Jacoby Brissett. And it, offensive line, to me, was the by far the biggest gamble because they went out and prioritized the defense. They prioritized backup quarterback and free agency and spending in the draft. And basically, I went and talked to six experts and then, in addition, um, a senior personnel executive for another team, two scouts for other teams, and all of them said, hey, we expect this offensive line to be below average.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I basically, everybody outside the building has pretty low expectations for this offensive line. They think you can win with it. They don't think it'll torpedo the offense, but they're, it's going to put, you know, it's going to be a, a thin margin for error, basically. And Sam and, and EB are going to have to compensate for that. Like, what do you think about that? And so talk to Ron about it. He said, they feel good about the line. They feel, they know that they don't have elite talent, but mm-hmm. they believe that continuity, chemistry and coaching can elevate this unit beyond the sum of its parts, basically, and and that they can use scheme things like in Kansas City. I have a film cut up in that story if you go look, of just all the ways that Kansas City helped its tackles with chips and double teams and motion and moving the pocket and things like that. So I think that, you know, (laughs) this fan base is used to great offensive lines with the Hogs. Uh, This is far from that, but I I think that it's possible that they can be passable.
3: mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And like you mentioned scheme and even quarterback play decision-making can help an offensive line. That's a little suspect. And I think we will see a good amount of that from EB and from Sam Howell as the season goes on flipping over to the defensive side of things. Obviously chase young is a big storyline. Just anytime chase young does anything, it's a big storyline, but a a massively critical season for chase young this year. I mean, he's either going to be a Washington commander next year because he played well, or he's going to be somewhere else because he didn't play well. Right before the stinger, uh, Did you have any concerns about him from what you saw in camp? And now after the stinger, if he doesn't play against Baltimore, do you, your concerns, if any, grow at all?
2: I mean, you're always going to have concerns for a guy that hasn't produced in, in almost two years, basically. Um, And I would go back to even pre-injury in 2021, but he looked physically better. And then for him to come out, have the almost sack and then get the stinger Mm -hmm. and then hold himself out. Or that's the way that Ron Rivera has portrayed it, calling it a self-reported stinger. Um, Yeah. For two days, you do have to wonder. Hey, you know, like what's going on there? A guy that is still vocal on the sidelines. He still seems to enjoy, you know, the whole the, the like the spectacle of him. You know, him running out with yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. before practice on Wednesday. Like, you do have to worry. Like, you know, is this guy going to produce? Not because he's he's enjoying the the benefits of his stardom at all. I'm not I'm not insinuating that, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like it's clear that this guy. Knows that he can ball, has the talent. It's he looks physically the part, um, but can he produce? Can he remain patient? Stay in the scheme? Everything's not up drawn up for him like it was in college, and can he be patient in the same way that Montez Sweat has talked about? Chase has said the right things, but mm-hmm. will he enact them on the field? We've only seen four snaps from him this preseason, yeah. and, and I and I'm not optimistic we're going to see many more.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I told uh, Adam Epstein on his radio show uh, on Wednesday afternoon. I don't know. I don't think we're going to see. I, I'm to the point. I don't think Chase is going to play against Baltimore. I don't know if he plays against Cincinnati either. And that's, you know, obviously that's going to become a bigger storyline the closer we get to the regular season. Uh, there are three specific newcomers to the defense. I mean, a good amount of guys, but the three specific ones that a lot of fans are kind of worried or just interested in are Cody Barton, the linebacker. And then the two rookie DBs, Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin. What are your expectations for those three newcomers this year?
2: I'm going to start with Cody and Kwan because I, ha- I have a little bit more to say about Emmanuel. So, with Cody, I actually think that he has really impressed me. Like in mm. in a in a stability way. He hasn't popped, he hasn't made a ton of like splash plays, but at his size, he's just very fluid and I think that he's sort of like a bigger mold of Cole Holcomb who I think was always trying to add weight to move not only from mm-hmm. like he was a safety when he was in high school or, or you know younger I believe so he moved from safety to outside linebacker he added weight then he had to add more weight to move to middle linebacker so he always looked like he was a, a touch slow and, and maybe it was like you know an instincts thing but Cody Barton looks like a true Mike and I think particularly in the Cinco package they're five down defensive front yeah. like you know he can still cover guys and, and you know it seems like he really is the pivot point for me between the the defensive backfield they invested a lot in and the star-studded front. And can he get all of those guys on the same page? I think he he stood out. Quan Martin had the had the rough game against Cleveland. He liked all those tweets that were basically like mean tweets. Um, yeah. And I asked him about that, and he just said, "Hey, you know, I'm I, I'm trying to motivate myself to prove everybody I was worthy of being a second-round pick, and I'm and I'm going right. to ball out while I'm here." So, I have I have no concerns about that. Like that's a young guy. Getting bumps. What are you what are you going to do? Um, Emmanuel Forbes. <clears throat> I uh <laughs> I said I was gonna say more about Emmanuel Forbes than I rambled about Cody Barton for a while. But um <laughs> I mean, look, man, Emmanuel Forbes, he had an up and down day on that second day of joint practices in Baltimore, but that was really one of the first times I've seen him struggle. And mm-hmm. you know, it was he had basically a, a near DPI in the back right corner of the end zone that would have been a touchdown to I believe it was Odell Beckham, or maybe it was no, it was Nelson Aguilar. Um mm-hmm. Had Lamar thrown the ball, not underthrown it. If he had thrown it well, it would have been a touchdown. But I think he's really balled out um, throughout camp, mostly in coverage. But then in Cleveland, you see the third down tackle with Cam Curl at the goal line, which answers a lot of questions about like physicality and and tackling ability. But what are reasonable expectations for Emmanuel Forbes? I actually had that same question myself. So I went back and I talked to him and talked to Ron and talked to a bunch of people and then consulted some historical data like – Really, what are we talking about here for a first-round corner, top half of the first round? What are reasonable expectations for a rookie year? And if you go back through um, guys that are historical comps, like an average expectation would be two interceptions, thirteen to fifteen PBU's, um, and then you know a modest amount of tackles and, and no forced fumbles. But like in terms of statistical production, that's what we're talking about. And, and I know that statistical production is. A sensitive thing like sauce Gardner last year he was so good that like guys didn't throw his way so we only end up with two interceptions but like right. for me uh desmond trufant in atlanta in 2013 uh, eric stokes jr in green bay in 2021 i think those are comparable pieces i mean i know emmanuel forbes has high expectations for himself he said he wants to be defensive rookie of the year benjamin saint juice gassed him up even further and was like he can be the best rookie corner in this draft you know which is mm-hmm. Would be saying a lot with Devin Witherspoon going fifth overall, the Seattle things like that. But I mean, I think he's a guy who has shown that we shouldn't put so, uh, ceilings on expectations for him, and I think he'll be able to affect the passing game, not only just in the takeaways, which obviously they they harped on a lot, but I think he'll be able to affect the passing game in in sort of forcing offenses to to look in other directions. Although I'll I'll yeah. never discount the impact of of the myopic hype machine of training camp maybe i've watched a little bit too much of him you know just against his own receivers
0: yeah yeah i mean the thing that you know i'll point out uh when i did t- when i talked about his struggles against the ravens practice in the ravens practice a little bit um that the competition level never fell you know i mean you never saw a guy that was just like i'm undefeated and, and i just want to get this practice over with and then even walking off the field i actually saw him stop and talk to a few media members uh, and i mean we you know you've seen it i've seen it we've seen veteran players have a rough practice or game and just try to avoid uh, talk in the media because they don't want to talk about the rough practice or the or the game. Um, but he, you know, he went up and, and he was his normal self. So I think that you know shows a little bit of competitive maturity, maybe in Emmanuel. That that doesn't concern me as much with the struggles uh, that he did have against Baltimore. And then finally, off the field, but certainly important, the Commanders announced uh, two new business partnerships uh, this week: Verizon and Anheuser Busch. Uh, what is the significance of these two new deals in your eyes?
2: It's a new day. It's a new era, man. People want to be associated with the Washington Commanders again. And I think that's not just the fan base, but that's going to be businesses as well. And it is hard to overstate the level of ineptitude or Mm -hmm. decay or radioactivity that an NFL team not having an official beer sponsor signifies But in March 2022, when Anheuser-Busch is like, yeah, we're good, basically, like that's a massive deal just because of how big beer and the NFL is in this country. And so bringing those two back, adding Verizon – well, bringing Anheuser-Busch back, adding Verizon, um, I think you're going to see a lot more deals like it. I think that this is going to be the hallmark of Josh Harris's regime trying to turn this organization around. And it's really just two minor data points in in what they hope is turning – this franchise, which once was so great, back into a rocket ship in in, in one of the biggest markets in the U.S. And, and on an East Coast market that has access to a lot of wealth. I think the NFL owners, fans, everybody should prepare for a lot more of this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the significance of it. You know, Josh Harris said a lot of good things and a lot of people liked what he had to say. But this, I mean, we're, we're not even a full month uh, into, the, into the change of ownership. And you know, this, So this is a pretty good sign for the future, Uh, I think. Sam 48, Commanders Beat reporter for The Washington Post. Joining us today on Locked On, Commander Sam, I appreciate your time. Make sure you guys are following him. If you're not already, at Sam4TR on Twitter. Make sure you're checking out everything going on at The Washington Post. Make sure you're also following Nikki Javala. They they do a lot of work together and separately. Uh Two people killing it over at The Washington Post and, abs- and actually went to Cleveland versus most of the heathens on the beat that – Did not go to Cleveland, so I think you guys deserve a shout-out for doing that work. Uh, Sam, appreciate you. Look forward to seeing you on Friday and then having you on the show again soon.
2: Of course, Harrison. It's always a joy to chop it up with you, man.
0: All right, big thanks once again to Washington Post beat reporter uh, covering the Washington Commander Sam Fortier. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Coming up next, we got three more conversations we're going to use uh, for today's episode. Running back Chris Rodriguez, tight end Cole Turner, and cornerback Tariq Castro-Fields. All three of those guys had very good performances preseason week two against the Cleveland Browns, the first preseason game for the Washington Commanders. So I talked to all three of those guys uh, during practice this this recent week, and so I want you to hear that before we get to Baltimore Monday night. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. all right guys wrapping up today's episode of player interviews from earlier in the week in training camp following the cleveland browns game uh running back chris rodriguez tight end cole turner cornerback castro fields i felt like they all had fairly good games two very good games uh against cleveland browns of course christian holmes also one of the cornerbacks we had him uh, on the show earlier this week thanks to our friend over uh don or thanks to our friend donna hopkins who shared that footage with us so hopefully you guys like that uh interview and so here now is chris then cole then Tariq, uh in order to wrap up today's show all right chris I'm about your first nfl preseason game how, how are you feeling coming out of cleveland uh, i feel good you know i feel like <laughs> what i is pretty decent but you know i feel like it's always work that needs to be done and you know, we got a couple more prices and a couple hey, more preseason. Hey, Hopefully I can showcase that I can correct the mistakes that I did show. In the game. Absolutely. How do you feel about your, your roster standing right now? If, if, if cut day was tomorrow, how confident are you that you're on this team? You, know, you never know. A lot of competition? It is. I'm, I'm confident, but at the same time, you know, again, like you never know. But, you know, it is what it is. And- striving and keep working absolutely we talked after uh, minicamp right and i told you after watching your film after seeing you in minicamp ota is real excited to see you actually be able to put some physicality on a defender uh didn't take you very long man two carries 20 yards on your first two carries then four carries for i think would you have 30 plus yards uh, a pretty good debut for yourself how'd you feel in that first carry just getting that nfl carry i mean was it was it different did, did was there a little bit of jitters to shake off of that carry uh, so i'm not gonna lie um I was I was so nervous. I was shaking. I didn't know what to do. Uh, I, even though I knew the call, I was like, I don't want to run there wrong I got the wrong play. But uh, I got out there. I ran. Once, once I got the first two plays out
1: of the way, and you know, after
0: that, smooth sailing. Yeah. Was there a Was there a moment? Was it after that second carry where you're kind of like. Like, I'm an NFL back. Like, this is something I can do moving forward. Did you get that confidence boost? Yeah, I mean, obviously, after that second, I think it wasn't even a carry. It was like the second hit. I think
1: it was. and It was
0: just like we're like good. And playing football here is nothing more than I've ever been doing. So. Absolutely. We talked a little bit, too, about your pass-catching ability. Didn't see any of that uh, on Friday night too much. but We've seen a little bit of that in training camp. You looking forward to showcasing that in a game soon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: for sure. Real soon, real soon.
0: You know, uh yeah. Reps were kind of limited, I guess. You know, we had a lot of people trying to get reps. you wanted to see a lot of different guys. So, I mean, I didn't, it didn't come my way. But, you know, if, that, if it does, I won't run away from it. I won't shy away from it. I'll be ready for it. Absolutely. All right, brother. Appreciate you. All right, Cole, first preseason game of the uh, the season here in the books. How do you feel coming out of Cleveland?
3: I feel good. Blessed to be healthy. Um, thought it was a good start. Um, offense kind of showed what we could do on that last drive. So,
0: yeah, speaking of health, obviously Logan Thomas couldn't couldn't play in the game and, you know, he's always wanted to be out there being a competitor. But his, his you know, having to rest on the sideline is your guys' opportunity. You and John get more opportunity with the first team, second team offenses. Uh, what is it like? How valuable is it to get those reps in a real live game situation?
3: Uh, I mean, you can't replicate a game like you just said. So uh, it's – it does come a dime a dozen, so you just try to make the most of every single play. Every single play is the most important play. So just doing our best to go out there and do show what we can do.
0: Absolutely, and then four targets, four catches, so a pretty good game for you. And then I noticed some, some good blocks as well. I actually, uh, described one in depth on on my show Saturday after the game. How do you feel your blocking game is coming along in this second season?
3: Uh, I feel like I'm showing that I can do that too. And you know, I feel like coming out of school, that was a big question mark for me. So just kind of showing that I can, I'm a well traverse player, and I can do a little bit of everything.
0: And then along with that, though, second year as receiving tight end as well. How do you feel
3: like you're developing there? I feel like I'm developing a lot. Um, this offense really kind of fits my skill set well. lets me do what I do, so, you know, I'm blessed. Yeah, I know you said before, like, the tight end room, you guys are real tight, real
0: close, real good group of friends. When you see John have a, have a drop like he had, you know, obviously he's, he's more talented to, to make that kind of a play, more than talented enough to make that kind of play. What's the conversation between uh, between brothers like
3: that in the tight end room after that happens? Uh, man, I mean, you just tell him, you know, you got the next one because, you know, those kind of things happen to everyone. And, that's part of the game and it's we know that's going to happen it's about the next play not exactly that play but it's about how you uh, how resilient you are and how you can do the next play i thought john did that you know he's an amazing blocker and he does what he does really well he showed that all game absolutely
0: joint is coming up with baltimore are you excited for your first nfl joint practice
3: uh, yeah absolutely uh like you said the first one i'm looking forward to it i've heard nothing but good things so excited to get out there and match up with other
0: team. now what are some of the veterans kind of telling you guys about these these joint practices and how they go
3: uh, you know, they said the juices get flowing. Uh, just to always keep your head and kind of just take it like another day.
0: Awesome, brother. Appreciate you. All right, Trig. Obviously, a uh, successful business trip to Cleveland uh, this last weekend, right? How do you feel after that first preseason game? Um, it feels good to actually hit somebody else, uh, in a different color. Uh, it was fun. Speaking of hitting people, you and uh, you and Christian Holmes were were making some plays out there, hitting some guys from behind, getting some PBUs. Uh, how, how is that? Is that how is that part of the, of your game that you're developing? Uh, I mean, it's super fun just to challenge yourself against someone you're not familiar with. Um, obviously, it's like limited film, so it's really just playing the instincts and just remembering uh, what they were doing. So. Now, is that effort to, you know, you see a, a pass coming. Obviously, you're probably in trail technique, right? You, you, got a, you got a guy who's in front of you, but between you and the ball, is that something you guys train on in practice to go ahead and hit through the receiver yeah. to try to jar that ball loose?
3: Uh, I think it's just the play ain't over until like they blow the whistle, so no matter if he catches it, just fight to the ground and get the ball off.
0: There were some uh, some penalties, unfortunately, on one of your teammates, Quan Martin, obviously got a couple of penalties. Is there something that the officials tell you on the field or that they told him on the field kind of help you understand where they were coming from with those flags?
3: Um, I'm not too sure, honestly. Uh, we know it's preseason, so they're going to be calling things a little
0: bit tighter, so uh, I think he was in a good position. And then getting some second-team run uh, during camp but also during the game as well, how do you feel like you're taking a step here in the second season towards making yeah, the I active roster? Just getting more,
1: more and more comfortable,
0: so I mean, that's the goal for sure. Absolutely, Baltimore, uh, joint practices coming up. Have you ever done any joint practices back in, in college?
1: No, we haven't done one in college, but last year, what, what, uh, the team I was at, we did it right
0: once Okay, how was, how was that experience, and how do you it's look fun. forward to, to Baltimore? It's definitely
1: fun.
0: Let me, let me let him calm down a second. All right, so obviously, uh, we talked about pass, right? Your, your, your boy, your brother, Jahan Dodson, obviously made a really good play for the first team offense there. How how, does it, how do you feel being so tight with him and coming from college with him, seeing him make plays like that for your team? it's nothing that i ain't used to he makes plays like that all the time and see, so i went to the same school as him i mean i've seen some crazy things all right bro I appreciate your time all right everybody big thank you to chris cole and tarik of course for taking time to speak with me i've got two more interviews from earlier this week already in the shoot and of course we got practice friday we got practice saturday so subtexters, you know what to do if there's a player you want to hear from specifically shoot it over to me text it over to me and i'll do my best to sit down with them i've already got a request to do a follow-up with Dax Milne this week. So I'm going to try to knock that out Friday or Saturday. Of course, we got another episode coming tomorrow after practice back out in Ashburn. So come back for that. And in the meantime, send your questions or comments to YouTube to the YouTube comment section on Twitter, or you can email me at lockedoncommanders@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Of course, if you're on subtext, you can text me directly. If you're not on subtext, you can get there by going to joinsubtext.com slash to start that up uh today i've got some some ideas brewing maybe a fantasy league that i'm going to do with my subtexters as well so if you're interested in that subtexters, feel free to let me know that you are interested in fantasy it's through it would be through underdog um and they do it is it, it would be a three dollar buy-in that three dollars would not come to me that three dollars would go in the pot for the winner or the winners uh depending on how we split that whole thing up so sounds like a possible fun idea if you're interested Go ahead and text me and let me know if you would be interested. Of course, if you'd be interested and you are not a subtexter, again, join subtext.com slash locked on commanders to get that going today. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked on Commanders, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.